Welcome to Exploring Possibilities. I'm your host, Cheryl Sitz. Since 2012, Mario Rosales of Tech Life Balance and I have been sharing conversations with enlightened change agents, raising the vibration on our planet. It is the intention of this show to explore possibilities and shift perspectives in holistic, spiritual ways. You'll hear how experts discover and share their deepest passions to make a bigger difference in the world. You can also subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Play. If you do that, please rate the show so other people will find us. We'll introduce our next guest in just a moment. Have you ever gone to a social media seminar and you have the online experts telling you, get a blog, get a website, get on social media, all this other stuff. By the time you're done with that seminar, that online expert is very good at frying your brain. (laughs) The funny part is you come back home, you get in front of the computer, and you're lost. Hi, I am Mario with Tech Life Balance. I see this all the time. You spend so much money and still don't know what is going on with your online presence. And you know, you probably don't need all of that. Let me go ahead and translate geek to english for you and show you what you really need because you don't need it all. You probably only need a few components. You have a great message out there and I would like to hear it and I definitely want to help you put it out there. I am Mario Rosales with TechLifeBalance.net. I produce this podcast because I love distributing messages. Let me help you distribute your message. Hi, it's your host, Cheryl Sitz. And when I'm not doing this podcast, I enjoy offering live or remote coaching sessions to help my clients explore their possibilities. Maybe you have a physical pain and you've never really gotten to the emotional root cause. Wouldn't it be nice to be free of that? We can do that together. We can also explore what it is you really want or what's really holding you back and get rid of that too. There's lots we can do together. Contact me, CherylSits.com. Now on with the show. And as you can tell, today's going to be a very different kind of show. I am so excited about today's guest. Jay Schwed is a healing sound master and visionary who's been an alternative healthcare practitioner since 1984, specializing in massage therapy, Reiki, and hypnotherapy. He began sound healing in 1994, and he's been facilitating sound sonic healing journeys across the U.S. and Canada since 2004. He also builds sound healing teams across North America, which I'm looking forward to hearing about, along with just a lot of stories. I have to tell you, the way that I connected with Jay was receiving a crystal bowl for Christmas, a dream come true, and then promptly cracking it through a weird synchronicity or whatever. They ended up replacing my crystal bowl, but I, I immediately got on Facebook to my tribe and said, what do I do? I'm, 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 my heart's broken. I just cracked this bowl. And Sharon, who runs the Houston Ayurvedic and, and Yoga Center, said, well, you have to reach out and contact Jay. He's the best at crystal bowls. And I did. And he immediately responded with such an open-hearted message that I knew I had to meet this man. You can find him online. His website is healingcrystalbowls.com. And we have video on today. I wish I had the capacity to record it because I'm looking at a wizard here with the full beard and everything. Jay, welcome. Yay, it's so good to meet you. It's so good to be here. And you know, um, I love Sharon. Sharon is in Cypress, Texas, and I go there quite often. Yes, wonderful. I can't wait for you to come back now that we've become connected. And I, I do have to say, there's a, you said there's a child care center nearby because I, I hear the children. So in case our audience members hear the children. 
Thank you for striking the bowl to get our conversation going today. You know what I found is the sound is a beautiful way to bring people into the present moment. It quiets the noise in our heads and allows us to receive, but also to be more attentive. Yes, yes. I love my bowl for that. I have a metal bowl and now I have one crystal bowl. They graciously replaced my crystal bowl. So I'm so thankful for that. But um, I I just love them. The sound is magical. And they're made in all kinds of ways. So I want to talk a little about that. But first, tell me, there is an interesting story about how you became more well known for your work with crystal bowls in affiliation with the tragedy of 9-11, right? You know, um, prior to um, 9-11, I've been playing singing bowls at my home and just for a couple friends here and there. But on September 11th, I woke up to the news of what happened at Twin Towers. And immediately I knew that there's something about these singing bowls that sent out a healing vibration. And so I committed to um, playing singing bowls every morning. I'd go to the park before my work, six in the morning, playing and just sending out a good vibe. Yes. And in the mornings, it was in a little town called Ojai, California, that the morning um, walking groups would walk by and make me a part of their morning walk, the joggers. And over a period of months, all of a sudden it became a gathering place where, you know, people would come with their flutes and their drums and the alcoholics would be laying there with their bottles. So it became a gathering place and people started singing and, and I was like, what's going on here? So September 11th was a catalyst. It was an awakening for me, but it also taught me about alchemy and turning lead into gold. And in the traditional way, when you speak of um, turning lead into gold, it means how to turn or how to transform dark into light. And so this um, September 11th, which was a catastrophe, it was a disaster, but it inspired me to begin doing my life work. And I feel like it really was a shifting of a lot of things in terms of the vibration of that region and outward throughout America. It it really shifted a lot, didn't it? (laughs) Jay and I are laughing because, yes, the cat has just placed itself right between the screen, (laughs) between us on the screen. The cat's right in the middle of this. I think she liked the sound. You know, um, along with um, people loving it, I do animal clinics. You know, I bring in um, animals that are rescue animals, traumatized animals, and the animals are so affected by the bulls that a lot of times the people see how their animals have responded to the healing and they become, they make me part of their family because their animals are so traumatized by everybody. So it's a good, good point to um, bring up is the um, effect of sound on animals. So you saw how sound was bringing people together in Ojai at that time. And from there, you began this kind of journey of building sound healing teams and traveling with your bowls and doing sound healing sessions. And can you explain just a little bit, because everyone explains this differently. How does sound heal us? How is it more than just something we enjoy listening to? Well, you know, the people enjoy the sound, but the truth is the vibration of any of the bowls go into your body and the vibration goes right down to the bone and it releases tension around each and every cell of your body and allows each of the cells in your body to return into its optimal function. In its optimal function, every cell is is activated. The mitochondria deliver energy to that region. At the same time, the circular sound of the bowls activates the dormant chromosomes, the DNA, which is related to our higher consciousness and our awakening. It's very similar to the Sufi dancers and the whirling dervishes spinning in circles 
to achieve higher levels of consciousness. So on a cellular level, what it did was it brought me from the basic understanding of the chakra systems to understanding that every cell of our body is a chakra. Oh, I've never heard it put that way before. That's interesting. So it's really on a cellular level, the basic you know, energy is the vibration releasing. And as the energy releases, it allows the flow of oxygen, energy, and blood to begin to flush out the toxic emotions and what the psychologists call body syndromes. And it allows us to become that perfect conduit for the light to come through so that we can receive abundance, we can receive love, we can receive joy, because if you're really blocked to receiving that, then you don't receive it. Yes. So it's very basic. <laughs> the kids are having fun listening to you, too. <laughs> On a very basic level is um, Albert Einstein. In his theories of relativity, he talked about all things have a vibrational frequency. Metal, wood, water, rocks. And they say that later in life, he spoke of the highest vibration is peace. So through my journey, I learned that if peace is a highest vibration, then war and violence is a low vibration. If abundance is a high vibration, then poverty is a low vibration. And it taught me that everything has a vibrational quality to it. As I'm beginning to play the singing bowls in parks, what happens is sound waves are traveling outwardly, and all of a sudden the next community heard about me, and then the next community, and then they started inviting me, and then all of a sudden churches, people were wanting home energy clearings, and then people were offering me money for it. So in the meantime, I'd been working at a spa as a massage therapist where I'd been for the previous 20 years, and all of a sudden people were you know, calling on me. And the next thing I knew that, you know, I'd be going up to San Francisco, down to Los Angeles, spending a night away from my home that I was staying at in um, Ojai. And the next thing I knew, I was away from home for two nights, and then three nights, and then four nights. And it kept graduating to the point where I was paying rent in this home in Ojai, and I was never there. So <laughs> I moved all of my stuff back to my little farm I have in Arizona, and um, working on some stuff in Arizona prepared me for the journey that um, has brought me to today. So I, I left home in Arizona about 2004, maybe 2003. And um, when I was leaving home, I had some performances as I scheduled in um, New Mexico, in Colorado, and Utah, but only like a couple of weeks. When I was leaving Arizona, my friend said to me, um, when are you coming back? And I said, because I wasn't thinking about coming back because I was just leaving. Yeah. I said, I said probably when I get back. Because <laughs> I didn't really think about that part. Yeah. So I got home. And in the last um, 13, 14 years, I probably have been home for like three months. Wow. Mostly just traveling through. I've crossed the United States and Canada probably six or seven times. <clears throat> the journey started out where I was doing performances, and I do sound baths, I do sound healings, and I play for groups of people, sometimes two or 3,000 people. Well, then they were asking me, when am I coming back? And I'm like, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> and it made me sad because, you know, I raised the vibration, but then I left. And it took me quite a few years. It took me about 10 years before I was prepared for the next part of my journey was that I'm not going to be back for a while, but I'm going to teach people how to play bowls so I can leave that sound behind. I love that. For, so for the next three years, I, was, um, I began doing sound 
trainings, master sound healing trainings that were three-day trainings. And, and actually, it was triggered in Flagstaff, Arizona, and I was um, in a hotel with a friend, and we were sitting on the bed talking, and I scooted back on the bed about an inch, and I fell off the bed which is literally a metaphor for falling out of the bed because I was doing um, three or four performances a week for 10 years. Wow. So I fell out of bed. The next morning, I woke up and I wrote my course outline for my three-day trainings that I've been doing ever since then. I love how you raise the vibration and then you help us hold that vibration. It's very important. So, so it was an evolution where I shifted from empowering communities to leaving the vibration behind and, you know, starting to train people how to do the sound. Well, the next thing that happened about nine months ago, maybe, I was doing a sound training, but all of a sudden a message came to me that not only am I training all these people to do these events, I was putting together teams. And so now my focus is on building teams. And usually it's like, you know, about 10 people per city. I build into a team. And then I, I teach them techniques for doing team events, you know, group events, performances, clinics, and a wide variety of different events that um, not only unite them as a team, because there's power in numbers, but also spreading further outside the community so 10 people can go off in t 10 different directions. In my class, I share my experiences that I've had in, um, with groups of people, mental institutions, in hospice recovery centers, people who are bipolar, schizophrenic, you know, recovery centers. I pretty much have been everywhere working with murderers, working with pedophiles. And I found that it helps to ignite the fire that lives within each person. And it pulled me out of a place of judging people for what's wrong with them to seeing that there's a light. And I found that each and every time, whatever group I played for, it brought them into harmony and balance. You know, and, and even though people committed their crimes or people had their addictions, the sound brought them back into harmony and balance. That reminds me of a story that I heard. I, I think it's in Africa, isn't it? That when someone would fall out of good behavior, socially acceptable behaviors, that they would bring them in and sing their song to them to remind them who they are. So instead of a punishment, it was exactly what you're talking about, healing them yeah. with music to raise their vibration back to where they were, they felt whole again. Right. Prior to this year, it was all about um, teaching people. It's not about staying in our comfort zone and bringing healing to all the people that are into alternative healthcare and metaphysics. It's about the dark places. And one of the things that I brought up to the Americans is um, we're, we're all connected. And I would say that includes Monsanto. Yes. And people would say, well, that's where we draw the line. I say, but if we talk about oneness, we're one with all things. Yes. It doesn't mean that you have to buy things from Monsanto, but it just means you send them light to help that's them right. evolve into something that's part of the oneness again. Yes. And in the, in the um, political situation we're in today, I call it a situation. You know, um, we have a president, Donald Trump, and my whole focus is to send love and light and help elevate him into the place where he can serve humanity and be who we elected. Because, you know, Donald Trump is a mirror of what's happening in America. And so I don't really talk much about politics as much as about the vibrational frequency. Yes. Yes, absolutely. So it's really about elevating people into a higher vibration. So as I was talking about how the sound activates dormant chromosomes and helps people come into their higher consciousness, I look at all life on the planet 
as its stage of evolution. The vibrational frequency of a murderer, that's exactly what they do with that vibration. They murder. Yes. You and I don't murder. Right. <laughs> and so when you raise their vibration to a higher place, in that higher place they don't murder anymore. On a personal level, people, when you raise a vibration, you're no longer a loser. You're no longer um, unworthy. You're no longer stupid. So by raising the vibrational frequency, it quiets down all those noises that don't serve our higher consciousness in our evolution. So I look at people and things at their state of evolution. Gandhi, Jesus were in a very high state of evolution, and they stated that we too can come into that evolution by bringing in the light and to um, quiet down all the noise or release the sins. Exactly. I'm so glad that you've brought up about some of the stuff that's going on now. And it's kind of been amazing to me to watch, and I'm going to bust light workers here because I know a lot of them, that as some of these very challenging times have come about, they kind of seem to lead the forefront in the anger, and that is not the vibration. And so I'm right with you about it being about vibration, the vibration of anger versus the vibration of love, that we're going to love our ourselves well we're not going to you know go on protest to bring ourselves wellness at least that's the way i interpret it you know even the vibration of our speech our voice our words you know in classes i teach how to show more sincerity by shifting your voice into a softer place you know when i talk about love i bring it into my heart center versus talking out of my head so if I'm talking like this, and a lot of people have high-pitched voices because their throat chakra is closed down. And so by opening your throat chakra, you can actually access that center by changing the frequency of your voice. Once again, this is the um, G note for the throat chakra, and it helps us to open the throat and speak our truth from a deeper place. <laughs> And so as a facilitator, when we shift the vibration of our voice and we open people to receive that vibration, they feel the words coming out of my heart instead of a bunch of dribble coming out of my head. So not only does the sound quiet people's the sound in their head, but it also opens them up to energetically receive, not just in their ears, but every cell of their body, so that um, they receive the message in a much deeper way. So it's really not about men or women don't listen. It's men and women are closed from listening. I like that. So I use the sound and I use my voice as tools to communicate on a deeper level, a deeper level for you to receive, but also a deeper level for me to express. So the singing bowls kind of quiet down the chatter in my head and allows me to communicate and tell you that I love every cell of your body. And so when you hear me speak or when you hear me present, you not only hear it, but you feel it. Definitely. So it's very cool stuff. You know, um, all the years on the road, the sound has opened me to receive my divine teachings. I've never followed anybody. I don't know about anybody's teachings. And what I learned, 
because some people would refer to me as the guru, the healer, the sacred one, and I'm not any of those. I'm like the bull guy. But I, but I found that the bulls activated me to access all the knowledge that comes through me that I've been sharing and teaching. And it helped me to come to a higher standing of the word guru. And the only thing that the guru really is here to do is to teach you how to spell guru <laughs> and get the understanding that comes from it. And that's a part of us, of ourself, is the guru. Right. Because the way you spell guru is the message. G, you are you. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. I think, and that's all the guru came to teach us was to connect into higher source. And so I found in the metaphysical and the new age and the spiritual community that the power can really empower you and elevate you into a higher place. But if you're not really cautious, it could become like a higher ego or a higher need to control and dominate, or it could be a higher ability to love from a much greater, greater place. So the sound raises your vibration and it helps you to become a much greater you than you have been. You know, so it's an empowering tool. So I tell people that I'm an empowerer, empowering the empowered to empower empowerers. <laughs> That's a mouthful. I like it. Because, <laughs> you know, we're all empowered. And what I found was the sound, the singing bolster is one of many tools that help to elevate people. But the sound helps to elevate people into, it's like with the um, cell phone commercials, raising the bar. Well, you mentioned other instruments, um, but you primarily use the bowls, correct? Or do you also do drumming and other things in your ceremonies? No, I generally use um, the singing bowls. I have the crystal singing pyramids, and I use um, some chimes from France. Those are my main tools. And now mostly um, in my teachings, I have the students um, bring all their sound tools so that they can incorporate that into their events. I see. And you did mention also that the bowls are made of different materials. So can you explain a little bit about how blending the properties of, say, rose quartz or other crystals helps with that vibration and the healing? Yeah, the basic singing bowls are made out of pure crystal. And then what they do is they um, add different gemstones. They use them into the crystal bowl. And so what happens is the singing bowls have the property of sound and vibration. And you add the different gemstones, it connects the vibration of the um, singing bowls to the gemstone. And, and that adds um, a flavor, it adds an energy to it. But I think the truest energy, the most important energy, is the energy of our intention. Even though the only bowl you might have is the um, rose quartz bowl, you might need more grounding in your life. And so you send out a grounding energy to be carried on the sound waves. And that brought me to my next point of understanding of um, the intention gives us all that we need. And I found that with the chakra system, or on the cellular level, every cell of our body needs to be in harmony and balance, meaning, like, for instance, our throat chakra. We need to be grounded in our communication. So we need some C. We need to have some passion and fire, which is D, and joy is E, and um, heart. So our throat chakra needs to communicate from the different centers, along with communicating our vision in a grounded way. And so I found that each chakra, each cell needs all the chakras from the root all the way to the crown, connected to earth, connected to spirit. And it brings us right back to that same point of harmony and balance. 
you know, speaking in a harmonious way is grounded speaking of spirit or speaking of love or speaking of our vision. I don't really teach about chakras anymore. I teach about achieving of um, harmony and balance. That also includes um, harmony and balance of our male and our female energies. So in a world that um, is filled with a lot of feminism and women that can be angry with men for the things that some of the men have done, the harmony and balance brings men into a more harmonious state with their female half and pulls them out of their egotistical maleness. And it brings them into a, a gen, you know, more of a gentle, grounded way, centered way. And the same thing with women. Most of my students and most of the attendees of my events are female. And it turned out that um, I grew up in the 60s. And in the 60s, um, all the women knew that if they hung out with me at a party, they were safe. So ever since I was a young man, you know, my teens, I've always been a really safe place for women to be because I think it was my upbringing in a Jewish family that um, really taught me how to um, be respectful of love, but also I'm a Taurus, which is also the sexual chakra. So I, I was raised in an environment of respecting and honoring women, even though I was a young man wanting to experience what everybody else was experiencing, right. which I just, I didn't experience that. So, um, but anyhow, so at a young age was the foundation for um, me being the male empowering the females. It's been real interesting. It is, and I'm, I'm. There's so much of that going on right now. There's so much talk about how do I balance being kind of more my flighty and my spiritual side with being grounded in earth? How do I balance my masculine feminine? And and when we talk about sound, we think about that being certain bowls we need, certain notes we need, certain instruments we need. And what I'm hearing, if I'm understanding you right, is that it's all about the intention and then bringing those instruments in to create the vibration that carries the intention into the body. Yeah. And, you know, the intention is really interesting because my intention is pretty much always the same. And that intention is allowing spirit to move through me to each person the way they need it. So instead of me having an agenda of, you know, I think that you need this in your life and that in your life, what comes through me is what you need in your life from spirit. And you might think you might need a new car. And spirit says, no, you need a bicycle. Right. <laughs> it takes us out of the need to figure people out. In my trainings, I've had psychologists, I've had psychotherapists, and a wide variety of other practitioners and I said to them, imagine doing a therapy session without the use of words. The sound elevates and quiets all the noises and quiets all the dramas. As a matter of fact, I can walk into any room where there's people talking about drama and politics and corruption. And I start playing this bowl or any of the bowls and it helps them to be quiet. And I don't know how, you know how it is when, you, when somebody's talking about their drama and you tell them to shut up, they get angry with you? <laughs> yes. I play the ball and they automatically get quiet because as the sound raises your vibration and your high vibration, you know that it doesn't serve anybody to hear those stories and it doesn't serve you to tell those stories. So it's really a good way to get people out of their stories. And get us out of our own stories, get us out of our own way, really. Yeah. It quiets the noise, not just in our mind, not just in our subconscious, but in every cell of our body. Now, as this, as this process is going on, people are having different experiences. 
You know, um, some people are feeling nauseous or some people are feeling sad or some people are feeling angry or some people cover their ears. Those are related to the emotional releases. And so if they're not properly educated, they'll say, I didn't really like the sound. It hurt my ears. But the truth is, according to um, like body syndromes and psychotherapy, when you cover your ears, for instance, and I'm playing the throat chakra, when it comes to communicating, I don't want to hear it, you know, or it hurts my, it hurts my ears to think that I've got to listen to what you've got to say to me. So each of the bowls triggers emotional releases in different people in different ways. I reach out for somebody to talk to and I get rejected and I get blockages in my arms, you know, or in communicating my truth, nobody really supports me. You end up with hip problems. Oh my God, I think I'm going to have to communicate. I think I'm going to get sick. I want to share my feelings because it's such a headache to have to deal with the same thing. Nobody wants to listen to me. There's a much deeper understanding to what we're experiencing in this lifetime. You know, it gives me a headache to be here today. It would be when it comes to matters of communication or when it comes to matters of sharing my feelings. Oh, my God, what a headache. You know, so it helps people to clear up all those dramas that are ultimately their demise. It's fascinating to me. I'm still fascinated by how things show up in the body. You know, I, I, wasn't, I wasn't raised understanding that. And so as I continue to go deeper and deeper into how everything that we feel shows up as a sensation in our body, a pain, an illness, a, a whatever, it's, it's just fascinating to me. And I think we're still in the process of awakening in mass to that understanding. Right. Because, you know, even in classes, I teach my students about these things, but they still don't get it. You know, one of the common things that happens in class is um, the sound triggers emotional release. And, and the emotional release could be um, triggered by somebody pushing a button. And I could say to you that, um, you know, don't send text messages during class. And all of a sudden, you know, triggers this huge release from you. And so then the first chance you have, you start yelling at me. It's like, you know, that was a really important message. My father was blah, 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 blah. And so it triggered emotional release. And, and sometimes in class, I would say to a student, do you remember me talking about the emotional releases? And so when I said that to you, it triggered an emotional release. Don't you tell me I'm having an emotional release. So I've had students yelling at me, even though I said, you know, I said the singing bowls will trigger emotional release. With the emotional release, what happens is I look at you or I say something and it triggers a release. It's an emotional release. And so you can reframe it and see that I'm your healer. I triggered an emotional release, and really, what it really was was a release of energy. It's an energy that we label anger, sadness, grief. And so instead of me releasing in your face and creating a whole new issue between us, I say namaste, and I walk over there and let it release. I think that's huge, and, and you know, when I don't release in your face, then all of a sudden there's a dynamic between us shifts, and you don't push my buttons anymore. Because subconsciously or energetically, you kind of um, thrive on pushing my buttons, as an example. And so when that doesn't happen anymore, then the dynamics change between you. And then all of a sudden, you know, there's no more buttons being pushed. And you're like, yeah, I love you. How much of this is happening at an unconscious level for people listening to music, different kinds of music in their car, in their homes? How much of that's happening and they don't even realize that it's doing that with them? Not even the musicians realize it a lot of times. You know, <laughs> a musician could be recording a song in the studio, and the producers are saying, we need to get this out in an hour, 
And so this musician who has a really beautiful song is under pressure, and that under pressure energy is carried in the song. You know, so even though it might be beautiful, it could be that, um, you know, the musician's a drug addict or the musician's on overload. And so all these factors come into play. And as a result, you know, what you're hearing doesn't have the, the amazing luster, the magic that it could carry. It gives new meaning to being a clear channel. <laughs> right. You know, um, on another level, because in my classes, I teach lightheartedness and I do a lot of silly things. And sometimes I'm, I'm like, you know, really funny. And all of a sudden, one day I realized that I'm the comedy channel. Because <laughs> you know how we all talk about channeling. We're channeling something. Yes. And for, for me, sometimes it is the comedy channel. Yes, for me too. And I... I think it's such a beautiful, it brings a beautiful, a beautiful vibration also to, to healing, to be in a healing line of work and connecting with people going through healing and bring that laughter in is a great release also. Yeah. And I found that as I do different events with different groups of people, the ability to communicate with different groups of people create a different result. And so I'd have like groups of murderers that I was working with. Instead of me going into the metaphysics and all the spiritual and all the psychology, yeah. I just look at them and I know they're angry, I know they're in pain, I know they're suffering. I just look at them and say, you're going to like this, this is really cool. And yeah. I play for them. So in communicating with people on their level, it automatically opens up a whole sea of unlimited possibilities to have a breakthrough without even knowing you're having a breakthrough. So I do these events with people and it elevates them into that place of harmony and balance. But in our cellular memory, there's pain and suffering. There's our body uh, memories. And so a day or two later, depending on the person, you're back in the same old vibration. So what I do is I teach the students that they get into this high vibration, and in order for them to maintain that, they have to have tools to maintain that. So part of my class requirement includes... Um, all of the students needed singing bowls to participate in class and also to bring bowls home after class so that they could stay in the vibration we achieved. A parallel is um, drug, drugs and alcohol abuse. People get drunk out of their minds. They get stoned out of their minds. The singing bowls quiet the noise in your mind so that when people are coming down from their high, they need to have another drink or another drug to bring them back into that stoned out of their mind place. I found the same thing with the bowls. If I play the bowls on a regular basis, it maintains my vibration. And if it doesn't, if I don't play on a regular basis, my vibration drops, and then I start seeing, you know, different things. Here's a, here's a good example of me, a personal matter. In my high vibration, I'm doing exactly what I came to Earth to do. You know, I'm raising the vibration. I left family, friends, and traditional relationships to do this journey that I, I agreed upon. In my lower vibration, there's sadness and loneliness because I travel alone, I don't have a relationship, I don't have traditional friends and family. So that's in my lower vibration. you know. But when I maintain a high vibration, I understand that this is the challenge I came here to meet, and this is how it shows up. I love that analogy. It really shows us how wherever we're at in our life, the vibration that we're in will help us define what that space looks like for us in, in a positive spin and a negative spin and whatever spin we want to 
we feel at that time. I tell people you can either be the master of your experience or you could be mastered by your experience. Yes. You've mentioned a couple of times murderers and also addicts. I'm curious if there is any of this, of of like the singing bowls and the sound healing that you're aware of going on within any of the prison systems. Are there any programs established? Have you been involved or seen anything like that? I don't know about the bowls in prisons, but I've heard stories about the, um, you know, people doing meditation and breath work and yoga in prisons. Yes. Uh, yes, all are helpful. I know the cat keeps coming back in the middle of this conversation. That's the song we're supposed to play again. <laughs> So in this part of my journey, I teach the students and I give them direction to go to the prisons and go to the mental institutions, go to the recovery centers, because I've raised my vibration to a place of passing the wand to the new generation. You know, as I get older, then I don't have the stamina or the energy to do all these events that I've been doing. So I'm teaching the students how to um, go into these places, and and some are working, um, you know, with child abuse. They're working with, um, you know, mental institutions. So it's kind of however you're called, you know, and and even engineers, even um, lawyers. I'm even teaching them so they can go into their workplace and raise the vibration of their workplace. So it's not just about you know new age metaphysics. It's about raising the vibrational frequency wherever you're at, because where you are is where you were set to be. I love that. That's exactly the message I've been getting is like, I'm right where I'm supposed to be. And, and if we all just bloom where we're planted, the vibration's going to raise across the planet. Right. And then when you raise it to the next level, then you move on to the next place because you've done what you came to do. Yes. It's like assignment is completed. So you have great technology as well. We were discussing before we began the interview. So you're able to do some of this online, right? Both the the sound healing sessions and are you able to teach groups online through through technology? I've been teaching them because right now technology limits me to one student, but I know there's some some places where you can have like eight or ten people. I see. But what I found was I was giving instruction to a student one day we were doing our process, and she could feel the energy coming through. And all of a sudden, I had the um, vision that if she's feeling it, it's coming through this thing we call the World Wide Web. And so all of a sudden, I see the sound not only going to her, but going everywhere in the whole universe, in the whole world, through this thing called the World Wide Web, going to every computer, every cell phone, every piece of technology. And here's where the magic is. Without the singing crystal bowls, there would be no computers. And not a lot of people really know this, but the way the silicon chips are grown, they're grown inside of singing crystal bowls. I don't remember the guy's name, but the process was he took a a singing bowl that was 100% pure crystal, had a crystal dowel in the very center, poured silica powder, 
And a chemical solution, as he stirred it, it began to crystallize on this dowel, and he cut those crystals into the silicon chips. So as the singing crystal bowls are a tool for communicating intentions and energy, so are our computers. And we've all been in those situations where we sent out loving emails or text messages to people that were misinterpreted because the computers are carrying our energy, our intention. I just got in a fight with somebody, but I'm sending you a lovely message. <laughs> and what you receive wow. is a misinterpretation because the energy is being transmitted through me into these crystal silicon chips that transmit energy and then they come to you. So these computers are tools for transmitting energy as their parent is. You know, so not a lot of people know about the relation between the singing bowls and our computer industry. No, I never heard that before. It's fascinating. And what you described about the email and the different vibration the person was feeling from what they expressed. I think a lot of us who are empathic feel that confusion often when the message that we're getting orally or, or pu visibly publicly is not matching with what we're feeling in that person. And it does create a, an energy of confusion. Right. And here's a side story I think you'll find even more fascinating. There's a man named um, David Oates from Australia. And making a long story short, he discovered the sound waves called subconscious communication. He referred to it as woman's gut feeling, and he recorded all these conversations, and as he played the tapes backwards, it gave the subconscious message. A good example was um, I went to a seminar, and one of the recordings was O.J. Simpson. And O.J. Simpson in court was talking about, you know, when the court case is over, he's committing his life to finding out who murdered um, Goldman and his ex-wife. And when they played the, ta the tape backwards, it said, I slaughtered them. Wow. So David referred to this as subconscious communication. And so what you're saying is different than what you're feeling. You know, so in communication of a man and a woman, the man could be thinking about he'd rather be out washing his car than having this conversation, and the woman feels that he isn't being present with her. So the singing bowls bring you into the present moment. And so you and I can have a one-on-one -on -one dialogue, and you feel that your time is being honored, and I feel like my time is being honored. Now, in Japan, because they don't say their L's and R's like us, they would say, we are having a very pleasant moment. <laughs> so, I like that. <laughs> I, I love that. It's, but, you know, because when we're present with each other, it's very pleasant. You yes. know, it's really nice when you're communicating with somebody and they're being present with you. I teach all my classes and I play bowls during class to keep everybody present. You know, I play the singing bowls so they don't drift or they don't get bored or whatever they go through. Well, and I, what, what I'm getting, the vision I'm getting right now is, you know, for, for two people who find themselves struggling in a situation and trying to communicate about it, what a great opener to just play the bowl or play some of your music, your recordings, or, or some recording of the bowls to bring everybody present before the communication even starts so that it can be synchronized. And so the, the sound quiets the ego. Yes. So we can have a heart-to-heart -heart dialogue. But also, when I'm doing dialogues with people, one-on-one -on -one or one-on-group, then I can go right into it and pull something out of something that lives within everybody. So it's really about how do I – it's like a coaching kind of scene where I can really bring people into their higher consciousness. That's awesome.
I could talk to you all day. I have a timer here because I know I get lost in these conversations. And the timer says that we're coming to a close. But I would invite you, I always ask my guests if they have a final thought they'd like to leave us with. And I would ask you if you have a thought, a tone, anything that you'd like to leave us with today. The thought is, we quite the noise within us, all answers are presented to us. By elevating our vibrational frequency, it helps us to achieve that level of mastery with our life and our relationships. Wonderful. This has been such a joy. Thank you so much for being with us. Would you like to be a guest on Exploring Possibilities? Drop me a note at info at journeyofpossibilities.com. Thanks so much for joining us and we'll see you next time on Exploring Possibilities.